Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Oral Health Podcast. We are back for National Smile Month 2022. And over the next few weeks, we will be having bite-sized discussions with different people from all walks of life about a variety of things because this year, our theme for National Smile Month is Everyone Deserves a Healthy Smile. Today, I have been joined by Anita, who is an oral health care lead in the hospital service, but has a lot of experience as a dental nurse and in dental practices as well. So she's going to give me a little bit of a rundown about her average day, if there is one, and give me a little bit of an insight as to what it's like being an oral health care practitioner in the hospital service, dealing with people that may have very severe needs. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Anita as much as I did. So, Anita, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Yeah, really good, actually. Yeah, busy, busy, very busy, but um, yeah, enjoying life. Good. Well, that's the main thing. So, Anita, thanks again for joining me. So we're interviewing you as part of our uh, dental series for National Smile Month, where we're showcasing lots of different types of roles within the dental team. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you and learning a little bit more about what you do. Well, I have a slightly unusual role and I don't work with a dentist um, oh. and I don't do any dental nursing. So, uh, yeah, I'm so an oral what... health improvement practitioner. OK, and what does that involve then? So um, basically, um, you'll have heard of Mouth Care Matters. It started off as Mouth Care Matters, and um, I'm employed by um, a hospital trust to look after the oral health of our inpatients. Okay. So um, it's a very, very interesting job. Um, I had to work hard to get there, but um, yeah, I've been there for five years now, and um, I was redeployed during COVID, unfortunately, but... um, yeah, I have a really fascinating job and it's a really, really worth worthwhile job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not part of a dental team, but I'm part of a wider team. Um, and I'm basically, I sit with speech and language therapy now. Um, I was placed with that team because um, the speech and language therapists can't do their job if the patient's mouth isn't clean and healthy. So um, mostly it's about dysphagia. So where people can't swallow after illness or surgery, um, the um, speech and language therapists need to assess their swallow. Now, if the patient's swallow isn't safe and they're not swallowing properly, whatever they put in their mouth will go down into the lungs. So they'll aspirate food and fluids into their lungs and then they'll get pneumonia. So it's about the speech and language therapist being able to assess whether the patient is safe to go on to solid food and drink. 
um, and they cannot do that if the mouth isn't clean. So it's my job to make sure the patient's in a good state of oral health. Um, but I get a lot of referrals and it's not just to do with speech and language therapy, it's to do with patients who get toothache while they're in hospital or they have very dry mouth or they have bleeding in their mouth. Um, something that the, the nursing staff aren't entirely clear on. So they will ask me for advice. So then what does oral health care look like for someone that's an inpatient in a hospital? Because if you're in hospital for a really long time, you're not going to be able to get out to go and visit the dentist and do all the community things that would otherwise be available. Very, yeah, it's very um, difficult for them because um, we know from research that when people, people go into hospital, their oral health goes into a steep decline. And that can be for a variety of reasons. So it's usually... Um, the fact that they're on loads and loads of medications, which leads to dry mouth. Um, it can be that they're not able to do their usual oral hygiene routine because they haven't got their brushes with them and they haven't got their toothpaste or they can't get out of bed or they're very poorly and they're not engaging with it. You know, they're not engaging with their usual hygiene routines. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, you know, it's about... Um, assessing the nurse is assessing the patient's level of dependence for personal care so they have to know if the patient can get up and go to the bathroom and they've got a toothbrush and they can go and clean their teeth and take their dentures out and so on Um, in the middle you've got patients who need a bit of help so it might be giving them the toothbrush in their hand or it might be reminding them that they need to brush their teeth or bringing them a bowl to spit into any of those little things Uh, can be the difference between the patient being able to maintain their oral hygiene and not. And then finally, you've got lots of um, our patients who are very poorly and are totally dependent on the staff to do their oral hygiene for them, take their denture out, clean it, that kind of thing. Um, To, you know, to do, we've got patients who are on hourly mouth care because their mouths are so dry and unpleasant. So um, it's about um, training the staff in the hospital to do these actions properly and also about providing good equipment for them to do it so um you know and then we've got end of life patients and then it's about comfort for them so um just maintaining their mouth so that they can be comfortable so um yeah it's very wide ranging it definitely sounds like it so it does also sound like two days would never be the same then in your job no absolutely not so um i can be teaching so um, i tend to be asked to teach on various study days so i'll have a session to talk to staff on end of life study day stroke study day that kind of thing um patient safety study days uh student nurse study days um is my next one um so it's about putting the mouth back into the body to coin a often use phrase and that you know that the staff understand that you know you have to think mouth or quite often um in the past when patients have stopped eating or they've stopped talking or they've you know neglected with their therapies and they're not engaging um staff don't automatically think about the mouth and they don't automatically look in the mouth to see if there might be a dental or oral health cause of this So it's about awareness. A lot of it is about raising awareness. And how have you found that then? How 
mouth aware do you generally find that hospital staff are? You know, when it comes to things like checking inside the mouth and looking for symptoms of dry mouth and other oral health conditions? They're getting better, but um, generally speaking, not very. Um, there's been a lot of um, talking about putting the mouth back into the body um, and uh, finding there's a little bit more awareness. But doctors have said to me, we aren't taught how to look in the mouth we need you, you know, we need you on the wards. So um, yeah, that's uh, quite gratifying. And if I talk to medical staff, they're always really interested and there are things they don't know. So um, if I'm walking down the corridor at work, someone might shout, spit not rinse. <laughs> it's happened several times. Or Anita, I've had no fillings, you know. So um, it's all about raising the awareness of the importance of oral health. Mm -hmm. Well, it just shows you as well that you really do play a key part on the wards because if doctors are coming up to you and telling you, we don't know how to do this, we need you, it just shows how important you are to that patient and their comfort. Yeah. It's a very worthwhile job. I'm very lucky to have this job. Actually, and it's a privilege. It sounds it, it sounds like it would be really worthwhile. It's very satisfying to do that. Um, my favourite thing is when... Um, I've, you know, maybe I'll go and see a patient that's very poorly before their discharge and I'll demonstrate to their carers or their family how to look after the mouth. Um, and they're really grateful for that and the opportunity to know how to do it properly. Um, and just knowing that um, going forward, that patient is going to have a comfortable mouth mm -hmm. is very satisfying to me. And what would you say then is your favourite thing about your job at the moment? That's my favourite thing. <laughs> So my favourite thing is, um, well, there are two favourite things. I really love teaching and I love training the staff in oral health. Um, and I like to see the surprise on their faces when I tell them something they didn't know. Some basic oral health message that they had no idea about. And that's quite nice. Um, and I really like it when I can help a patient who hasn't been eating, hasn't been speaking, to actually be able to speak to their relatives when they come in to see them um, their mouths have been so dry and painful that they haven't wanted to eat and then they start eating and that's very satisfying to me to see the change in them simple oral health measures can make such a difference and completely change a patient's journey so then how would you say that because I know you've worked in, in practices before, how would you say what you do now compares to what you used to do in the dental practice? Um, well, what I do now, I haven't got a big team around me. Um, the team I do work with are very knowledgeable and very supportive and um, they promote me. And so it's very good. I'm very comfortable in that team, but it's not the same as the dental team. Um, so I haven't got, um, I haven't got a dentist to ask. We've got no dentist in my trust of, it, of any description. So I've got no dentist to ask if I don't know something. So that's quite difficult. Um, we do have um, a network of Mouth Care Matters leads. Um, so basically, uh, when I did the Mouth Care Matters training in East Surrey Hospital, maybe five, six years ago now, those of us who trained together, um, we maintained our own network and we're all mostly we are um, solo practitioners so we do refer to each other a lot um, and that really helps 
because we all have the same little struggles on a daily basis. So um, yeah, so it's really nice to have those those people in my network. Mm -hmm. uh, and if we're not sure of something or we want to know how something is done in another trust or have you seen a patient like this before, then, you know, we do share information and we support each other. So that's really good. But it is very different to a dental practice. The main difference being that in dental practice, you don't see very sick people because they're well enough to come to the surgery. And they, the practice that I was in, um, we'd had the same patients for 30 years and their families. It was a um, you know, very traditional family practice. And um, most of our patients had good oral health. They came in for maintenance really, or if something broke, or if they wanted a new denture. But um, in the hospital, it's very, very different. And I see many patients who have neglected their mouth over the years see um, people with broken teeth and you know bad gum disease and so on um, I'm always recommending to the to the patients and their carers um, when you're discharged you really need to go and see the dentist you really should go and see the dentist for you know a variety of reasons but you know you really need to get a dentist to advise you on your mouth um, and this, you know, there's a bit of a barrier to overcome here because my, many of our older patients are terrified of the dentist because they have bad childhood experiences. Um, and many of them are afraid of the charges. They worry they won't be able to pay. So uh, a lot of my job is um, kind of a dental cheerleader. You know, I'm like, well, you know, if you if you um, claim certain benefits, you'll be able to get free treatment. Um, you know, uh, dentistry has changed from when you were a child. You're very much in control now. Um, you choose what treatments you want. And, you know, it's about putting it in their control, isn't it? Which it didn't used to be when they were children. It was out of their control. So um, very much reassuring them about dentistry in general and uh, promoting the good work that practices do. Are there any patients that you've had that really stick out to you you know if, if I was to say can you give me an example of a patient where you know that you've made a difference to their quality of life or their dental care um what what examples spring to mind yeah um I've had um a patient who came in from a care home in a terrible state of oral health and his breath was so appalling that staff didn't want to open the curtain and go and see him and give him his personal care and I was called in um yeah his tongue was heavily coated and very unpleasant his teeth were filthy basically and um he it, dry mouth again he was really struggling and um it was more about supporting him with his oral hygiene and showing him what to do and helping him so um I usually had a nurse with me to help me the nurse was looking after him um, just demonstrating, showing and, and um, just helping him generally to, you know, improve his mouth. And uh, towards the end of his stay in hospital, he, the one worry that he had was um, how, you know, will the staff where I'm going know how to do this? Will they help me? Um, and his worry was about that. So it is um, about discharging the patient um, with a care pack for their mouth and uh, if necessary, calling up the care home and talking to the staff there. So um, it's just generally all around support. And that made a really big difference to that gentleman. And he was very, very grateful. 
ask for the help he had. Um, he knew his mouth was in a shocking state, but he was poorly and he didn't really know what to do about it. So that was great. I had another patient who came in who um, hadn't spoken for weeks to her husband. He, she couldn't speak. Um, and her mouth was just so, so dry with thick, thick, hard deposits of secretions on the tongue. And um, I gave mouth care very gently. She was quite frail. Gave really gentle mouth care over a few days because um, these things take time and you have to have frequency of dry mouth care. And uh, she was eventually able to speak to her husband again. So um, that was pretty marvelous. She was still very sick, but she could communicate and she felt like communicating, which was really lovely. These, these are the things that I see on a regular basis. And some of it is heartbreaking, um, and, but some of it does have a, a happy ending. That's really lovely to hear. And God, what a difference it must make to, to both of those people mentally as, as well as physically yeah it's about comfort and about compassion and about dignity and just making sure the patient has their dignity while they're in hospital yeah and then do you have any advice for anyone that maybe is thinking about going into dental nursing or dentistry in general yeah. what would you say to someone just getting started yeah. Have you got any advice then for anyone that is maybe thinking about going into dentistry or dental nursing? Do you have any advice that you want to pass on to anyone that might just be getting started on their career? Yeah, I mean, I was in dental nursing for many years um, before my career developed in this direction. And I would say to anyone starting out in dental nursing, the best advice I was given was invest in your career. So if you want this to be a career, you have to invest time and maybe money and definitely effort and continue your education. So um, the advice I was given was to look to what your next step will be. What would you like to do next? How would you like to progress next? And what do you need for that to happen? And focus your attention on that. So that's where your personal development plan comes in really handy just focusing your mind. It's very easy to drift, very easy to drift. Um, found that myself. Um, so I'd had a lot of experience as a dental nurse and I knew how to do that job and I wanted to do something else, but I didn't quite know how to do it. Um, so that was the best advice I've had and that is what I usually pass on if anyone asks me. Oh, and your network always rely on your network. So spend time on your network and making a network for yourself. And you find that from attending various training and various education, um, different meetings, you know, joining your professional association is really important. Just staying active within your profession, you will gain a network. And that is how opportunities will come your way. Is there anything that surprised you when you went into dentistry or when you made the leap from working in the practice to working in the hospital service? It, was the, it was the difference between uh, patients I'd seen in practice and patients in the hospital. That was the biggest surprise to me. Uh, the second biggest surprise was that medical staff really didn't know anything about the mouth, to be honest. That was a, quite a big surprise. Um, so uh, my last practice I worked in was a uh, private and NHS practice and I was used to things getting done 
and if we needed things we ordered them and they arrived um, in the NHS things are a lot slower in hospital um, yeah it doesn't things don't happen quickly so that was another big surprise um, I couldn't get things done at the speed that I would normally get them done um, you tend to have layers and layers and layers of management in the NHS uh, hospital and you know you have to climb your way through them to get what you want to do so um, that was a surprise and you know I guess to be a little bit cliche with it it's it seems at least like it's a marathon not a sprint with um, hospital care for mouth care so how do you like plan your day because you can't plan like a nine to five day like you maybe could do in a practice I, I I imagine that it's very different when you're in the hospital I yeah I don't know what's what I'm going to find in my day so um when I go in, in the morning I check my emails in the office um I could have any number of referrals or inquiries um and it's about you know my time is very limited um so it's about prioritizing what I need to do on that day and the patients I need to have a look at so um I tend not to over-organise my day, actually. I tend to go in and see what's happening. So I've got I've got my set things that I need to do, my meetings I have to attend, my training I have to do. But in between then, I'm seeing patients. Um, I'm finding that I have to review them a couple of times. So most people um, that I see have quite complex needs and are in quite a poor state of oral health. And it's been going on for some time. So um, I can't, it's not a quick fix. I can't just go in and speak to the nurse and say, well, you know, try this, try this, try this. It's actually I've got to go back over a few days and, and see that there is an improvement. Mm-hmm. It's quite nice. You can go and catch them when they have visitors. So if their family are there, it's quite nice to engage them, talk about the patient's oral and dental history um and how they've been managing by themselves at home or if they have carers and so on with getting the full picture of the patient do you have any advice not necessarily for people that are going into dentistry but for maybe professionals or care staff that are working in the hospital settings or the care settings as to what they can do to better improve oral health of their patients um well in a care setting we do now have a set of guidelines from nice which previously there weren't. Um, so I would say those guidelines are, are quite good, quite detailed, and um, they do set out how a carer would look after their resident's mouth and what's required, basically. So now when somebody goes into a care home, there should be um, a set protocol for, you know, have they got a dentist? Who is it? That kind of thing. Um, you know, have they got dentures? and you know about what their normal routine is with their mouth and so on so um that's a very good thing that that we now have those nice guidelines um you know there is help everywhere there is a lot of advice out there if professionals don't know what to do about certain problems so mouth care matters have masses of really good resources for hospitals um, and some care homes so it's always worth googling mouth care matters and reading up on their resources which are really really good and are freely available to everyone um, or health foundation also lots of information there <laughs> it's just about just about finding the information you know not everyone has got access to an oral health practitioner so 
you know, they have to dig and find the information themselves. But there's so much really good advice out there, which yeah. is very nice. Much like yourself and all the advice that you've given on this podcast. <laughs> And well, Anita, thank you so much for talking to me. I am going to let you go and get on with the rest of your day as I know that you are a very busy person and I'm sure you've got lots to uh, lots to rush off to. But yeah, thank you again for sitting and talking to me. Oh, lovely. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Well, there you have it. That was Anita Stanforth giving a brilliant window into the day and the career of a oral health practitioner in the hospital service. If you'd like to know more about National Smile Month, our website is www.smilemonth.org. You can follow us on social media at Smile Month on Facebook and Twitter and at Oral Health Foundation on Instagram. If you have any queries relating to your dental health and you want to speak to an impartial advisor, you can call our helpline on 017885397800 and one of our advisors will be really happy to help you. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the rest of National Smile Month. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.